Hey y'all, welcome back to New Slang. Glad to have y'all tuning in. I am music journalist Thomas Mooney, and this is somehow episode 200. I guess when you get to a number like this, you can't help but be proud of, of that a little bit at least. I've had some mighty fine guests over the years. Somehow though, this is the first time I've had Quaker City Nighthawks on. I feel like we've had a couple of missed chances over the years, but at any rate, I'm so glad that Sam and David were able to take a few minutes this past Friday when they were in town. They were playing the blue light, of course, and yeah, we went ahead and set up around sound check over at Tom's, and we covered some interesting ground on this one. Everything from some early years before Quaker City Nighthawks, when they were spending a little bit of time out here in Lubbock and Amarillo, to the music of our formidable years. And we go into some really interesting conversation about how basically a year off impacts the creative process and makes you really reassess your approach to releasing music and touring in general. Some really fascinating stuff from Sam and David on that one. Today's presenting partner is our pals over at Desert Door Texas Sultal. If you've been listening to New Slang for really any amount of time, you'll know that Desert Door is one of my all-time favorite premium high quality spirits. If you haven't or aren't sure what exactly a Sotol is, I'm going to let you in on a little secret that's going to up the game on your liquor cabinet. For starters, the best reference point that I can point you to is to think about a tequila or a mezcal. Do you feel that western desert, that Texas ruggedness? Okay, Sotol is like that, but a little bit more refined, smooth, and fragrant. It intrigues the palate and offers these hints of vanilla and citrus. There's an earthiness that often sends me right back to my Trans-Pecos and Far West Texas roots. There's plenty to love about Desert Door. For me, it all starts right there. A close second is just how versatile Desert Door really is. You can go full highbrow and experiment with concocting a variety of cocktails that call for muddling fresh fruit, sprigs of thyme, sticks of cinnamon. It's perfect for that world. If you're a little bit more down home, if you've just rolled up the sleeves of your denim Wrangler button up, it's perfect for that as well. If you're just desiring something that's short and sweet, it hits the mark every time. Desert Door is genuine and authentically West Texan. It's inherently West Texan. They harvest soto plants out in the wild and are knowledgeable conservationists at heart. That's obviously something incredibly important to me. They shine a light on what makes West Texas special and unique and worth preserving and keeping it safe from exploitation. Right now, you can find Desert Door all over Texas, Colorado, Tennessee, and there's budding numbers in places like New Mexico, Arizona, California, and Georgia. Best thing you can do is to check out DesertDoor.com to find where Desert Door is locally. Again, that's DesertDoor.com. If this is your first time listening to New Slang, go ahead and hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're an Apple podcast person, please leave one of those five-star reviews. So I'm going to continue beating this drum. I have a new book coming out really soon. It's called The Lubbock Way, a collection of wallflower vignettes. And as you'd guess from the title, it's a series of stories about the Lubbock music scene. Right now, it's over in the merch store for pre-order. And of course, also in the merch store is plenty of other new slang stuff like t-shirts and koozies and coffee mugs and shot glasses. If Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook are your thing, well, please go follow new slang on all of those as well. I'm also doing another Charlie Stout print giveaway. Last week, it was three retro prints of the blue light. And this week, it's three retro 4x6s that I've dubbed the highway kind. To enter this giveaway, all you have to do is go follow me on Twitter, go follow Charlie on Twitter, and then retweet the tweet about the giveaway. Super simple. All the links that I just mentioned, they will be in the show notes. All right, let's get on into the interview. Here is Sam Anderson and David Matzler of Quaker City Nighthawk. You know, then I obviously then add on the the pandemic and yep. you know it's uh it's here. So it's, it's some a, years, yeah, for sure. Yeah, good to be back. Yeah, it's I think like the I'm trying to think like the last time I saw y'all here. I think man, I'm trying to remember when it was. I know one time we had our van explode while we were on our on our way up here and didn't make it uh, coming from Austin. But I think we played once after that. But it, yeah, it had to have been. 
At least three a years ago, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Few, maybe. So good to be back. Yeah. This is cool. Yeah, the blue light. It's uh, you know, it's a special place. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, the. I remember like the first time seeing y'all. You were opening for, I, I, I'm assuming, probably like Jonathan Tyler. I think that was yeah. the first time we played up, put up here, right? Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, and that was just that like, that feels like ages ago too. I mean, that right. that was probably eight nine years ago, right? Some, yeah, yeah. like somewhere in that range yeah. for sure. A lot. Yeah. The what I'm thinking about though is, uh, I know like we. Pretty early on, we would would have like interviews with y'all, and one of the things I always remember is you talking about you guys being out here in Lubbock before Quaker City Nighthawks, and you know trying to play around, but it was more like coffee shop kind of. Yeah, for sure. Style. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, like what what were those days like as far as like trying to figure out you know what you were wanting to do before you know uh, the band aspect of it. We were actually mentioning uh, while we were sound checking that Sam and I met here. And we might have mentioned that last time, but first time we ever met was what your apartment's over off of Fourth or something. Like uh, that? I was uh, living off Quaker in the Loop. But yeah, so he was from Fort Worth and I was from Amarillo, and we just happened to be in town and met through some mutual buddies. But um, trying to figure it out as far as that goes, it was not good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just yeah. us playing. God knows what. I had literally yeah. never played a show before in my life, so I think my first show ever was at either. J&B's or Sugar Browns. Sugar Browns, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I I think it was Sugar Browns, but yeah, that was the first time I'd ever played on a stage, so I had no clue what I was doing. Not like I do now, but I've just been... (laughs) Better faking it Just done it more times, so yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I was... I, to be honest with you, and nothing against these coffee shops, I love Sugar Browns. Please go there, drink their coffee. But but, uh, I hated playing in coffee shops. Like really badly, yeah. <laughs> I did not like it. It's just I could never get it. You know, I, I don't. I don't know if I had that command of an audience at that point either. But I just could never figure it out. Plus, like, whenever you thought you did, you hear yeah, somebody over there steaming some milk for something. It's like I'll just <laughs> yeah. wait till they're done, till this latte's done. And yep. we'll get it going. Doesn't somebody it knocking feel, the coffee grounds out yeah. real loud on the thing. You know? Doesn't it feel like a a real? Uh, I don't know. There's like something. A little bit more probably nostalgic about being the, the coffee yeah. house kind of band or like the yeah. upper northeast kind of. Yeah, for sure. You know, It's uh, also the easiest place to get a show whenever you're first starting too. But yeah. you can only play, you know, Ryan Adams cover of Wonderwall so many yeah, times before t- you're, before you're they'd over They'd give us a it. Tuesday night with no problem or some night when <laughs> yeah, nobody right. was going to be there or whatever. Get, you, know? get, yeah, you can come and play Monday if you want. You get know? paid in broccoli cheese soup. He's like, listen, we didn't do anything at the door, but... Uh, <laughs> We are we are gonna have to throw this soup out. So yeah. you're like, ugh, um, yeah, give me the soup. I definitely do think of it with nostalgia now. You know, it's like, oh man, that was how cute were we back then <laughs> yeah, trying right? to figure all that shit out? You know, well, <laughs> I, I, I even like related to like I, I don't can't even like point to any movie, but like the idea of like the coffee shop band. Or like the the artists coming out of the coffee, like all I'm thinking about is like you got mail because I, yeah. I like that was revolving around bookstore, coffee shop kind of stuff. Yeah, but yeah, the, the only only so many times you can play Wonderwall, <laughs> yeah. um, Fast Car by Tracy Trat. Yep. Yeah, yeah, which I mean that's we listened to that on the way here. Yeah, it's so <laughs> random. We did actually. Yeah, it was just on the radio. We didn't There's definitely some that. some coffee shop hits that are. Anything, any David Gray. Yeah. That's a big that. coffee shop. Tried coffee to, shop. I, I had a pretty mean uh, satellite by Dave Matthews. Oh yeah, I do remember that. I'm I'm pretty sure the first show you saw me play, I rattled off some Hootie and the Blowfish. Yeah, I, I know you dropped yeah. a U two in there. <laughs> yeah, there I don't was know a U two. To be honest with you, <laughs> yeah. I was actually just was, wondering what were we wearing while this was all happening. Um, like, I can't imagine what ridiculous. I, I shit think I used to comb. I think I think I used to comb my hair for those yeah, shows. I'm pretty sure I was definitely <laughs> rocking some long cargos. Man, the Dave Matthews. Okay, so. That's like a band where um, once a year I'll go like, man, I need to listen to some Dave Matthews. And then I'll listen to like uh, the, the, the Crash record like one time through and be like, okay, yeah, that was yeah, good for I'm the good. year. I'm, I'm yeah. re-upped on that, yeah. <laughs> but like, I like remember, a baby. Yeah, it's yep. just like one of those like the, like the Tritton Trotton Trails. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you're just kind of <laughs> like, man. Trotton Trails. Yeah. Was the Jimmy Fallon Tritton Trotton Trolls on his comedy <laughs> yeah. album that he – Dong Dude, ding, I was dong, uh, baby. in high school at Amarillo High. Um, I don't know when. I might have even been in middle school, but I was driving, right, driving. I was riding my bicycle around the high school parking lot, and there was a Case Logic 
like CD case, you know? Some of you listeners probably don't know what that is. But uh, <laughs> anyways, you had to put all your CDs in these ridiculous CD cases. And I found one in the parking lot. And I was like, I probably listened. I'm sure my record collection was like the Beach Boys. Yeah. Maybe that was it. I just, you know, I'm just a kid. But I found one and it had a bunch of, like, had that live at Luther College. And at the time, I was like, this is some bad shit right here. <laughs> <laughs> and again, you know, I liked yeah. it. Used to go see him live a little back in the high school days. Dude, I remember, like, I was telling someone about how um, the first time I came across, like, where I was, like, I was exposed to music that it was not my parents' music, yeah. which was, like, you know, uh, 90s country, and, like, sure. my mom listened to a bunch of, like, 80s hair metal kind of stuff, right? Um, the first time that I came through something like that was at summer camp, and it was, like, the, the Dave Matthews and the um, – the Counting Crows record, right? Uh, not the the T Bone Burnett one. What's the other one? The uh, is August and everything. Is I that T Bone? I think that is. I wasn't sure which one he did of theirs. Yeah. Uh, but that was like the first. Like, wait, man, I love you guys. Like, live across the wire me. and all that stuff. Yeah, I, I love like, Counting this Crows. This other stuff. There's other music out, yeah. right? Yeah, and yeah it that's was just kind of, kind of one of those. Uh, just even though, like, you know, I'm not listening to that every day. I feel like that was opening doors and opening. Oh yeah, hundred like, percent. The first music you listen to that's not your parents is always like super, you know, heavy to you. I mean, mine was Boys to Men and Babyface. So mm. like, I was that was the first like not Carol King album I think I ever heard. Right. So, <laughs> do you remember like the first time you like was um, requesting a record or a, a CD for like your birthday or Christmas from your parents? Oh yeah, you were like. Yeah, that like uh that was it was Boys to Men two, and the All for One album with I Swear on it. I, I had those records I, too, man. And yeah. I I got them, and I was stoked. And my mom was upset about the uh, I'll Make Love to You song on the Boys to Men album. That where they suggest you throw your clothes on the floor, and she was. <laughs> they recommend. That was that was. That was Wanye, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> That's so funny because like. I think that was like the the boys the men thing, um, as like a just a you know eight nine year old white kid in West Texas. That was like one of these like bands that my mom that was like, well, you can listen to this. This is like this is good this music. Is, yeah, it's okay. Well, we grew up Church of Christ, so it was all acapella music. So my parents were like, yeah, this is like this basically that. Yeah, works. there's four people singing like. <laughs> This episode is in part brought to you by Charlie Stout Photography. Charlie Stout has long been a great buddy of mine, and for as long as I've known him, he's always had a good eye. A good eye for ideas, for lines in a song, and notably, an eye for what makes a great photograph. Yes, we're going to roll with that tried and true cliche about a great photographer having a good eye. But it's cliche for a reason. More often than not, it means it's true. Right now, I want y'all to head on over to charliestout.com to get an idea of what I'm talking about. While you're at it, go give him a follow on Instagram and Twitter at charliestout. Right now, he has about 50 photographs for sale on charliestout.com, with a vast majority of those being landscapes and sky shots of West Texas, New Mexico, and Arizona. The American Southwest, if you will. A lot of cacti and clouds, windmills and open roads, sunsets and stardust. He captures a lot of what I love about West Texas and these dry, arid climates. That's mainly that vast emptiness that can really make you feel small. The depth and the weight and the intensity, it's all in there. Right now, he's doing a special on his prints. Each week, he releases a new photo. And for one week only, that photograph is at a special introductory rate. For just $25, you'll get an 8.5 by 11. That's just about half off the regular price. For $75, you can get a 13 by 19. And for $110, you can get a 17 by 22. After the week, they go back to regular prices, which are still an absolute steal if you ask me. Also, just a pro tip, keep a watchful eye out on his Twitter. He's consistently posting one-offs, errors and randoms on there that are for sale that are in the flash sale variety again that is at charlie stout for twitter and instagram head on over to charliestout.com grab a signed print buy a record get yourself some nature sounds and some nature shots 
All right, let's get back to the episode. I don't know if there's like so many of those. I don't know, maybe it's more because there's, uh, you know, I feel like our generation is probably like the last generation that had like the touchstone of VH1 pop-up yeah. video and yeah, for MTV. Sure. Oh, and pop-up video was great. Yeah, dude. I, I feel like that should pop be a comeback. Video. Like that yeah, is. Yeah, they should, right? Little fun facts about music videos. Yeah. Like, who doesn't was, like, like that? Whoever did the facts was like they were looking at. Yeah. that. I mean, there was some interesting stuff in there, and then a bunch of bubble noises in the background. Yeah, and and like now, like it would be so much easier because just hire some like high school college kid yeah. to like look up on Wikipedia and just be like, blah 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 about yeah. whatever band you know. Whoever had that idea to begin with, that's great. That was yeah. A, some quality programming, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's probably when they like started moving away from music videos, though. They're like, what can we do else to music videos? And yeah. you're like, you're like <laughs> what else can we do? Because <laughs> like, it was like the same four videos that were on. It was like Black Hole Sun, like the Bone Thugs and Harmonies, Crossroads, like all the, the same like five or six videos are on all the time. Yeah. Some cars, probably, yeah. They probably got paid ten bucks every time they aired one of those too. Back yeah. in the glory <laughs> yeah, days, right. like here's a ten, here's another yeah. ten. Like, well, like it's it's such a weird time too because, it, like, music videos felt important. Oh yeah, they felt like there's like obviously there was like that MTV show like making the the video or whatever. Yeah. I can't remember exactly the name, but it was like man, this is important. There's a giant budget to make a yeah a video about. These people were spending sure. millions on yeah. on yeah. music videos. It, it's kind of like the same way, I guess, like, um, and I'm sure, like, record executives thought about it in this way of, like, having a number one music video on TRL is the, the same thing as, like, having a number one hit. Oh, yeah. For sure. You know? Probably yeah. bigger. Just yeah, at one it was, point, it had to have been, you know, more at least people, as big, you know? if not bigger, yeah. And how many weeks you're on the top at TRL, you know? And they only played, what, like, 45 seconds of it? Like, unless you're the number one video, and yeah. you just... And then they found out all you had to do was grease uh, Carson Daly's palm with a little cash and get right on there man fly up the charts <laughs> or date him yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that, that was a such an interesting time growing up because I remember also just uh, most of the time I was not going straight home but you know TRO was coming on right after school and it felt yeah. like almost like a race to try and get there if, if you had the chance to go home right after school but uh, do you remember the first band that kind of scared you? Like, because you were like, what is this? I, I don't. Yeah. Uh, Marilyn Manson scared the shit out of me. That was, uh, I didn't know what to do with that. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Uh, what's happening? I, I was, I remember, I remember not hating the music or anything like that. I was just like back when like there was like a uh, blockbuster music and that was like the first place you could go like give them a CD and they'd take it out of the package and let you listen to it in headphones. And like, so I'd take that time to go listen to a bunch of stuff. My parents would never allow me to listen to. So I'd ride you my bike up there. The yeah. <laughs> and I'd be like, there's no way to let me listen to this. So I'd pop in the Marilyn Manson and be like, this is some scary shit right here. Like, yeah, I don't like, I never got to really see shows. You know what I mean? Like it just wasn't really didn't go out. And most cool bands didn't come through a town, but, um, I think I got scared like kind of recently by a couple bands. <laughs> so you want to be like, oh, damn, that's rad. Because <laughs> I'd listen to like, I'd listen to like, you know, Pantera and, and like some heavier metal stuff like Metallica and stuff like that. But Marilyn Manson, the whole visual of it, I was just like, what is going on here? Like, yeah. yeah. And turns out he's a terrible person so our, our parents were all right yeah. <laughs> and they were moms were correct like not the moms a good of america were not right. a good guy <laughs> that is very very true i was gonna say manson for me was like one of the first where i was like yeah and i remember there was like this show on mtv that was um it was a Marilyn manson and nine inch nails tour uh nine inch nails is pretty scary and, and it was like following them around and i just remember being like holy shit like I, what is this? Yeah. This, this is yeah. something I did not know was S and M industrial rock. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's definitely like a, uh, <laughs> and then like, you know, like you hear about nine inch nails, um, recording that one record at like, uh, where the Manson murders were. Yeah. And you're like, well, this isn't cool. Guy. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's, uh, but it's also like, I still think that like nine inch nails is, and I, I'm, sh this is like part of it, but 
man, like that is so wearing on your ears and it's like fucking jarring. Uh, and then like, you know, add the fact that you're like 10 years old, 12. Yeah. And you're like, holy shit. What is this? I, I this is hurting me. And now <laughs> I feel like uh, at that same time, like Rob Zombie videos kind of yeah, fell in that same world for me. I remember like you're just watching it. It's like I was like, is he a human being? Like I've never seen anybody with so much weird stuff. Loving going on. The, the Dragula video. Dragula dude, Anytime for that sure. would come on, that, that song's was, that awesome was on, too. Yeah, on VH1, probably like we were talking about, just heavy rotation. Yeah. What What's it? Uh, what's it been like? Not to do like the. A hard shift here. No, but, okay. You know what, what's it been like the last couple of years because of the the pandemic for y'all. Like, obviously, you guys released a, a record back in 2019, but like, what's a what's it been like since then? And you know, um, obviously, not playing out nearly as much because of quarantines and whatnot. What what is what's the last couple of years been like for y'all? A whole lot of weirdness. Like it's yeah, just I mean like weirdness. just trying to. F- Basically trying to, uh, I mean, uh, like everyone else in any industry, just trying to adjust. We got stuck. I guess the last tour we did was with the Moon Pies, which was a blast. But it was like right as the world was shutting down. And kind of a little co-headlining tour with them up through the Northwest and then back through the Southwest. And it was a blast. Yeah, Probably so the most fun. one of the most fun tours I've ever been Same. on just because those guys are incredible. And then Dave and I did this little duo tour acoustic duo tour from hell like uh like as it and it got shut down halfway like like we were in fly back we're in brooklyn the night before it shut down like just basically every city we went to was shutting down the next day after we left Mm -hmm. so and it was still one of those things where we didn't like you didn't really understand meaning it was just happening but it's like wait what you know and it just it didn't i don't know we didn't know what was coming obviously but it it felt really weird then we got stuck in was it connecticut yeah, Connecticut. Trying to, trying to find a way home from Connecticut. Not a bad place to be stuck, no, though. worst place oh, to New, be stuck. New Hampshire, Connecticut, somewhere up there. Yeah, somewhere up there. Somewhere up there where there's a lot of weed and, yeah. and ice cream. Yeah. So. <laughs> we least there's <laughs> something to help. <laughs> the, the thing for me that I thought was probably, like, one of... Obviously, like, the, the worst part of the pandemic was, you know, people getting sick. But for me, I thought, like, what was just a the biggest shift was it felt like we were all in this limbo period of four to six weeks. Yeah, yeah sure. Four, like these promises of eight weeks and then it kept just know, chunks out of time. Summer, yeah. At the end of summer, fall, Christmas. And, and like, it just felt like it was, I felt like everyone would have been a whole lot better had they just said next year. Yeah. yeah. Hunker and, down. Yeah. And so I felt like, I don't know for, for me, like it felt like it was just, you're just kind of being in this like weird limbo, this groundhog day. Um, now, obviously, like time, having time to to write, to create, is probably like the, the the biggest thing that an artist can want, but probably not in that huge chunk of time. Yeah. Um, was that was that like this? Was there a weirdness for for y'all in the in the creative spaces as well? I pretty much experienced like I pretty much before that would write something you know not like a whole song or anything but try to do it every day and then that stuff happened and i did i just quit messing with it at a certain yeah. point you know what i mean it was when like there's so much other shit going on yeah that it just didn't feel important that you much know, like that much things. chaos kind of going on like i found it real hard to focus you know like yeah. to even not try Same. but like yeah. and then you're just like what i've never been good about writing about stuff in the moment anyway like i need hindsight you know, I know a lot of people are great at, you know, like writing through a breakup or through, you know, like, you know, good and bad stuff. But I've, I've always kind of needed to have a little bit of, uh, you know, hindsight to it. And I didn't have any because <laughs> we were still <laughs> in the middle of it. So I, was, it, yeah. I just found it super hard to concentrate. And, you know, the last few months, it's been a lot easier because, you know, we've been playing out again and, and, uh, you know, slowly kind of eking back into it, and it's kind of started to feel normal again, where, like, I think a lot of my writing, too, uh, comes from playing live shows, and, I, like, I know it sounds weird, but, like, just kind of dicking around before sound check, <laughs> Like, yeah. being like, oh, that's, Ooh, a, cool, that's a cool riff. That's or, a cool spot. Yeah. But, like, just being around it more kind of spurs more ideas for me. Being around the guy spurs, spurs more ideas. Yeah. That's another thing, like, it's just the musical isolation. Yeah. Like, you know, we're just not getting to play with anybody, which is something that we definitely took for, I did at least, took for granted, you know, where you're just like, because we talked about how you could almost tour 
no matter what was happening, you know, somewhere you could go play, and then it's like, no, Nowhere. that's not true yeah. at all. Like, just zero. But, yeah, I definitely missed just getting to sit around and play with just even just for the hell of it, you know? Yeah, like, and it was a hard break tap for us because the last, I guess, two and a half, three years before everything shut down, we were on the road constantly, you know? Like, we had, we had done, you know, laps around the country with, you know, like, corrosion conformity and crowbar and then did Europe twice and, and the moon pies run and we're just Hitting constantly out, constantly out. And then all of a sudden nothing, it wasn't like it was a gradual, it was just, and we had plans to play well, you know, I'm sure everyone did summer's kind of the big, big time for a lot of stuff. And it was, I think the hard break tap was what was just so jarring. It was like going from playing two thirds of the year to going to just nothing to zero. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. That's the, you know, obviously, as you mentioned, like, as you said, dicking around before sound checks. Obviously, a lot of bands kind of utilize that time because, you know, it, it is one of those everyone's in the same place. You're plugged in, and in most situations, you have like a good sound in front of you. So, and of course, as you guys know, it's this business is so much of a like hurry up and wait. Yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah. what else are you going to do? And then all of a sudden, everyone's isolated and like the the forms of communication you know some people have been were able to really adapt to doing like zoom calls and like trying to ride over that kind of stuff but i feel like that was such a it's just like at the very minimum it's just another nuisance like that that like another thing that could just fuck up a place yeah. Did you guys ever try any of that shit, or was it? We talked about how we were yeah. going to. We were like, we should take this time. I've actually seen some yeah. and shit about that. It's like, yeah. you know, and then a month later, it's like, never mind, just forget it, forget yeah. all that. <laughs> Sorry, I have to buy groceries. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to sanitize my groceries today. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to make it. UV light on my groceries yeah. is what they were saying at <laughs> yeah. one point, right? I've got to spray my whole house down. <laughs> I have to disinfect everything around <laughs> yeah. me, so I'm not going to be riding today. I got to get gas, and I'm having a panic attack. Yeah. Right? That's so, uh, <laughs> yep. getting gas. Yeah, That's I was so scared to get gas. Oh God, when it, like, whenever the the first initial hard, like when they said everyone has to stay at home, like I remember, like a couple times, was like I got to go to the grocery store but I need gas on the way there. And it's like, how many people have touched this gas? Like before, <laughs> they knew it was not just like touch base you know when you're singing happy birthday and washing your hands you know like 10 times a day and your skin's all dried out yeah. from sanitizer and cracking i was buying a lot of everclear though and putting it in spray bottles and just hosing everything down yeah take so a little, spray a little in your mouth take a little sip you know and then maybe clean off the xbox controller <laughs> wipe it all down <laughs> yeah that, that's the you know <laughs> you realize just how much a shit you touched, but then also like just man, you know what? Like probably like blowing out candles over food. Yeah, like was right? probably like On not a, a great yeah. Yeah, thing, anyways. Like <laughs> stuff like a that. Horrible was like, idea. There's just so much shit that you just kind of go. Yeah. yeah well, uh, we probably should have been doing this pre-pandemic. Yeah, there's, so. there's a lot of those horses that don't go on back in the barn. Like, like yeah. I think we should uh, maybe keep some of this stuff around. Like, <laughs> you know, one of the things that I saw with a lot of artists doing. Um, was maybe not writing, maybe not playing, writing a record, writing songs, but falling into other creative outlets. Uh, you know, they, oh, you know, I actually have loved painting all my life, but I just haven't done it because I'm a songwriter. Uh, and maybe I want to do that. Or like, Dave's a sculptor doing, now, doing actually. Dave does 3D sculptures. Yep. <laughs> I don't really. No. <laughs> Well, I was going to ask that, <laughs> no. though. Like, do you guys do... Have, did I could have learned in that anything? time. I didn't learn shit. I didn't do anything. Yeah. Well, see, that's the whole... <laughs> yeah. Going yeah. back to the whole limbo thing. Because yeah. you're like, well, I can't learn a new craft. Like, Yeah, you know, needlepoint. Yeah. <laughs> if we have just started that first day, just yeah. learning any one thing... Yeah, I could have something at least yeah. pretty licked by now. Yeah. You know, like... No, I mean, I mean, I remember messing around with a bunch of synthesizers, but I, I don't know. Fun. I don't know if I got anywhere with them. I, I do know I love to make noises on them, but uh, I got my sourdough down. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I but did. I've already forgotten how. I don't even know what. I, th- I think I am now like a cook a crock pot master chef. Crock pot. Yeah. <laughs> can cook you anything in crock pot. <laughs> Name it. Corn dogs. If it fits in there, I can cook it. This sounds like a, a TikTok series, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Just me mashing stuff into Sam a crock pot. Pointing up above his head at the text. <laughs> crock pot. <laughs> Pork butt. <laughs> Cream <Yeah>. of mushroom. <laughs> I will say, like, TikTok is like a place where you're just like, the idea of it, you go, ah, this is this is too young for me. I don't need to be on here. But then you find these little pockets. These They're hilarious. And you're like, Okay, well, you know what? True crime TikTok. That's yeah. cool. Uh, yeah. Cooking TikTok. We got to get uh, one of them songs on there, bro. That's what you need. Yeah. Straight to the top. Viral. Get somebody. Can you say viral still? Is that a. I think you can <laughs> say viral. Off, off the table now. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think we were good on Ooh. viral. Kind of touchy right yeah. now. The uh, Have you fallen into, I guess, like um, cocktail TikTok? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just making yeah. all kinds of Learn how okay. to make a yeah. crazy drink. Let me uh, muddle stuff from now on yeah. for everything. I'm just going to muddle everything in sight yeah. and just see what I got. I just think it's funny that some drinks make you turn stuff to mush before you <laughs> pour the liquid in there. Like, first make a mush and then... First make a smash. <laughs> and then pour pour everything over it. I did muddle some avocados into guacamole before, but That's I don't know good. if I did yeah. anything into a cocktail. See, the, you know, obviously like the burn shots here, right? Oh, yeah. They, they've done different experiments over time with, like, they don't have uh, the cucumber burns anymore. But I was always like, you got to figure out a way to do an avocado burn. Oh, man. Let's, I'm let's in. figure that out. Just do and like a creamy avocado salsa and dump them habaneros right. in there. Dude, that's a, an man. avocado julep. Swirl, <laughs> swirl around a little tequila with that thing. I'm going to make that right now. It gave me heartburn just thinking about that, actually. <laughs> yeah. Go hit up Marketplace, make one right now. <laughs> Well, that's what, that's kind of like the the funny thing about like the uh, the cocktail TikTok is like, oh yeah, that's I'm gonna do that. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna figure out. The, and then it's like, I just end up going to the fridge and getting a yeah. You're star. like seven ingredients. Like yeah. that means I have to buy seven <laughs> bottles of something. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna get this one giant one of uh, Espolone and uh, probably just <laughs> and this lime. Yeah, and then just probably just roll with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the. Uh, Everclear and Coke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, obviously, though, like this, you mentioned, like, how just the past few months have been way more creative, way more of a, of a, of a good space than the, the early pandemic and stuff. What, uh, what's it been like as far as, like, what you guys have planned for, for going forward? What's the – is this already, like, kind of shaping up into a record, or are you guys just kind of – we're working on around. we're working on songs right now. I don't know if we necessarily have the specific forethought of making an entire record. Just keep making songs, and whatever formation we want to put them in, we'll release mm-hmm. it like that. You know, I think I know we discussed it earlier, but like, kind of making albums is not necessarily the most important thing anymore. As far as just keep making music, you know, and and there's so many different formats now for it, and there's so many different ways you can consume music. I feel like you can get kind of tied down by just thinking only in album mindset. Yeah, you know, twelve songs at a yeah. time or whatever. Yeah, you know? and, yeah. and 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 although I, I do like doing that, I've, I've enjoyed making a collection of songs that we think go together. But mm-hmm. um, I think right now, I'm just trying to focus on cranking stuff out and, yeah. and see what happens. You know, see that's the like obviously I'm an advocate for for an album. Yeah, sure. I think we yeah, all are. Sure. We all love records, but you know the I also think that like sometimes. Like songs, you find out what like the, the the thing is. If it's just a if it's just a song, or if it's just and that's all it's going to be released as, or hey, you know this is just an EP, yeah, or like this that's what it is, yeah. And you know I think like sometimes, especially here in Texas for a while, it was feeling like yeah I wrote ten songs here's here's a record yep. and like you know what's what's the difference between that and like just releasing ten singles, you yeah, know? right and. And then once you get those 10, slap them all on one thing and put it back out. Yeah. <laughs> Here you go. And also, yeah, it's like one of the problems that, or trouble you can get in is that you have a really strong EP and you try to make it into an album. And it weakens And it loses them. some potency, you yeah. know, as you add different stuff. So that's also something that yeah, I think there's, is yeah, interesting the, that can happen, you know. That stress will definitely, like make you maybe include something that should have been left yeah. off or like you got something seven real good ones and then you decide to do a full length and then you just write and there's three that three just maybe aren't whatever, bad but they know? just need yeah. more time yeah. you know yeah. and you're just trying to more gestation like, well listen we only have two weeks at the studio so let's crank these out and maybe slap it on there so yeah 
there's you know there's pros and cons to both you know like it's it's just i think it's just works what what works better for you and I, yeah and we've also never done anything but just release albums yeah. you know we've done pretty much that for for most of our our material and, and coming out of a just try you know, something different you know coming out of a once in a hundred year pandemic i think the last thing we want to do is just go into a whole bunch of debt <laughs> yeah. to put out you know to put an, out a 12 an album that you might album. not be able to tour on yeah like because so much of album like being successful whatever that means is you supporting it and playing it in front of people that right. that's that's so much more of it and right now that's so uncertain i think that's i, I think you're foolish to bet that that's going to happen like it may but like there's no guarantee like you know we're not even sure if we're allowed back in overseas you know so we're not even sure i mean half the rock clubs in the country are closed so it's like it's going to be whatever comes out of this it's not going to be what it looked like yeah well that's the obviously you guys probably have heard this before like you know people would go on tour because they made a record yeah before and now like that's kind of shifted to you know uh we're going on tour um or it's the other way around. We're, we're, we're making a record so we can go on tour. Yeah. You know, yeah. and yeah, like that, that's been one of those things that maybe doesn't necessarily happen as much. Maybe it's, it's, um, you know, you're, you're going to invest the, that, that debt, if you will, into just the EP cause it's a little bit safer or the, Hey, we got a new t-shirt and yeah. like people yeah. buy that kind of stuff as well, you know, versus, um, and I'm, you know, it's, it's, a lot cheaper to, to do that yeah. so yeah. It, Lower it overhead. Such, it's going to be a what, what i find really interesting right now is you know like people were also holding back on records last year and now it feels like it's you know a little bit of an oversaturation where i even me like i feel like at times overwhelmed by how many records are coming out yeah because you're, we're basically getting two years worth of records yeah back order a, backlog right yeah, yeah. and w- also on that like the back order of as far as like vinyl goes yeah oh like, man there's so many bands yeah. who are like well we have this record and you can order it on you can pre-order it and it's going to be out when it comes out because like, yeah i think it's like over line. eight months on the wait right now for anything like that so it's crazy and these i mean also that used to be with like all the moving parts of like the music industry used to revolve around you having an album. Like mm-hmm. he's, you know, and, and I hope a lot of this changes because we've had, I mean, if something good can come out of this, maybe have the artists take a little bit more of the power back because so long it was dependent. You couldn't get management. You couldn't get an agent. You couldn't get, you know, any sort of representation unless they had something to sell. And like, they didn't want you just playing a bunch of shows they needed a product to sell as well and and now i think you know hopefully it would we can kind of flip it on its head and maybe like no now we're gonna do this a different way like we're gonna do do this one where not everyone sitting at desks has all the say so yeah this episode of new slang is brought to you by the blue light live here in lubbock texas Blue Light has long been the heart and soul of the Lubbock singer-songwriter scene and has been a home away from home for some of Texas Americana country and rock and roll's finest over the years. Talk with 99.9% of the songwriters who have come out of Lubbock and the panhandle at large over the past 20 years, and they'll point to just how integral and necessary the Blue Light is. With live music and touring slowly but surely coming back, spots like the Blue Light are getting back to their usual ways as well. That means music every night of the week. Do you want to see that schedule? Well, I've got a few options for you. One, go to their socials and give them a follow. That is at Blue Light Live on Twitter, at The Blue Light Live on Instagram, and of course, by just searching The Blue Light Live on Facebook. They're consistently posting that week's lineup of shows as well as those heavy hitters that ought to be on your calendar that are coming up on the horizon. Two, check out bluelightlubbock.com as well. There they have the full schedule, the cover charges, time, any of those specials that may be happening. While there, go check out their merch page. They have a wide range of hats, koozies, hoodies, sweaters, beanies, jackets, and so much more. You can, of course, get all of your merch needs 
when you go see your favorite band take the stage at Blue Light. Just ask the bartender and they will get you all set. Speaking of which, that's another great way of seeing who's playing there. Just go to the Blue Light. It's at 1806 Buddy Holly Avenue here in Lubbock, Texas. And of course, again, that is bluelightlubbock.com. I'll throw a link into the show notes too. Maybe I'll see you there. Okay, let's get back to the show. You mentioned the, you know, the uh, the tour schedule, the the hectic tour schedule, just the consistency of that. Um, do you feel like we're also? Do you feel like it's almost like a necess- like a necessary um, slowdown? Like, did you, did you guys feel like, oh, you know what? Maybe like we don't need to be playing this many shows even going forward. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Like it, the time off, as with a lot of people, I mean, I think that's what's going on with a lot of the stuff across the, the world and country, especially with jobs. You know, it's just like a lot of people realize that was like, that was crazy. What's, Why were we what's doing worth that? it to you know, us? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. and it, it was fun, but you stop and, you know, after you're, you catch up with yourself after, you know, doing that for a couple of years, it's like, this is nice. It's, you know, it's yeah. nice to spend more time with doing other stuff that's and, not just driving you crazy. And you know, to get like, to be more selective. Yeah, you know, 100%. And, and yeah. I know that sounds weird with there not being a lot of, as many options as there were, but because I think because of that, a weird byproduct is you're able kind of to be more selective. You're like, you know, we don't need to go out for four weeks just to go out for four weeks. Let's pick four or five good shows, play those, and then keep working on new material, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. that's the um, the thing that, like, you mentioned, like, just regular jobs, like people in, with uh, 40-hour weeks kind of thing where, you know, after this pandemic, and it's 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 the the, it's the late-stage capitalism yeah. on yeah. Reddit kind of thing where yeah, no doubt. everyone is, is giving shit to these 18, 19-year-old Gen Z kids for going, you know, I, I don't want to work 40 hours. Yeah. Yeah. But, who does? Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Like we've, we've all Word. been in this like, well, you know, who does? Uh, my grandpa. Like, yeah. Yeah. Know? Right. Yeah. No doubt. I think that work till you die mentality is fading out. And I yeah. don't think that's a bad thing. Well, that's like, what I was, I was going to say. Like, I think that's like, we've, I feel like you, you've seen a lot of people talk about all well, these people are lazy. These kids are lazy. What they're just wanting to mooch off like parents or the government or whatever. And it's like, well, maybe like just because we've been doing it forever doesn't mean it's the, 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 the right way or like the, the, the necessary way right. now, you know? Yeah. That's true with anything that's been like set in stone for forever. Like that doesn't necessarily mean that's the best. I mean, like we've progress is a, way, an right? important thing, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like you're supposed to change. You're supposed to grow as a person. Yeah. So you're also supposed to grow as a working society. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, I think that's important. We've yeah. been really trying to find out because we're going to invest in um, robots to play our sets yeah. for us, and we're totally down yeah. with that, man. Just put their, just like our hats on them and just Chuck E. Cheese yeah. setup, like yeah, <laughs> just up there, animatronic. Yeah, uses. I think Shooter's got a couple of them. Yeah, he's got the sets of them. Maybe, we, maybe we just just a few a few alterations on the yeah. on the clothes, and then. Who gets to be the gorilla? I'm also still cool with it being animals. Yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. Who gets to be the gorilla? Or, or whatever they have going there. I don't remember. You can, you can be Chucky. Chucky? Yeah. I think I want the gorilla. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Was he the drummer? I think he played keys, bro. Did he? Yeah. I don't really remember. Like, I, I can't visualize the Chuck well, I'm old enough. Lineup. We're both old enough, but it was showbiz pizza whenever I used to go. That's so. right. Yeah. And then the gorilla was the lead, was leading the band, and then something happened, and Chucky took over, and like, then he's the star of the show. It's kind of like a Ted Nugent type situation where the guitar player is on the cover rose of the album, to, like, rose to prominence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually just saw like while you guys are sound checking that uh, that one Chuck E. Cheese animatronic that's like out in the desert where it's all like just you know it's like <laughs> yeah. it's like falling apart and it's yeah. uh can't remember what the quote was but it was like one of those like uh i can't remember i feel like that's like a real there should have been there's probably a joke about it about like it being like at the met gala or something like that but you know <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. i don't know the uh <laughs> the animatronics the the robots are talking about like those the younger kids you know and i see all uh, all over the place that like restaurants are having trouble reopening because they can't find people to work and it's like well when i worked at a restaurant you paid me two dollars and fifty cents yeah. an hour so oh they don't want to work 12 hour shifts like, for 250 an hour you're not what paying me I'm, I'm depending on people f- 
that just got out of church to pay me. Yeah, like, which is, which is, which is, yeah, which <laughs> notoriously not good money. Bad like, tipping, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so I mean, it sounds like uh, the problem is that you need to pay the waiters more. Yeah, and maybe you can open back up after that. But I don't have yeah. a restaurant, so I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> what, if I no, did, it would be I, probably I, no I, good. I think so. I mean, like that's the. It's also the. We're like one of the only countries who tips. You know? Yeah, like truly. Yeah, <laughs> that was a big surprise for us in Europe the first time. It was an we, even bigger surprise for all the Europeans we tipped without yeah. them having any idea why they the, were just handing them money. That <laughs> first bar in Germany we got to, and I tried to tip like five dollars, and our TM just like slid it back over to me. He's like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "Oh." He's like, <laughs> "He's like, he's like, these people have health care and they get paid like a lot of yeah, money to yeah. do this." And I was like, "Oh, word!" I was like, and it still felt so. Awkward Wrong to me, to and not, I was like, right? I was like, I thought I'm, I thought I'm responsible for this person's livelihood, <laughs> like, yeah. like, like I am back home. Yeah, there's this, uh, you know, family story of, of us going to restaurants, and like the first time I realized, like, you know, my my dad or mom was leaving money on the table as a tip, and um, being like, what the fuck, yeah. and like grabbing the money and pocketing it, yeah. because yeah. I'm like. Mom, you guys like left money there. Yeah, you left, you left a bunch of money on the table. <laughs> and I left then, like, a lot just, of cash on the table. And then just like telling them in the car kind of thing, like, hey, I saved y'all. You know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah, then I being got you like, $10. shit, okay, we got to go back. Yeah, you <laughs> got to take that back in there. <laughs> that whole thing, yeah. Um, I, I, I do also think, though, like the idea of um, the hectic tour schedules is has like obviously been like a, a uh, put a lot of like, rock and roll stars in the grave early yeah it puts a lot of years and, on you yeah <laughs> and like just the the day-to-day travel the, the the like all these people end up like with horrible sleeping schedules that they can't fall asleep and like that's what tom petty or like prince or like any of these people have died at an early age because of i feel like the just the hectic tour schedules just trying to keep For up sure. yeah, not sleeping I, is one of the worst things i mean i still unfortunately yeah. because of all those years of doing that my, i still can't yeah it ages sleep, you, you so know, i mean david and i are actually only 19 yeah look at know, us and look like all this gray old men <laughs> but yeah man it's and it's funny because you never like before being forced to completely stop for a year i never thought one Didn't second even think about, about it, it yeah just get in the van go get in the van go just over and over and then you take a break it's like that hurts like that hurts your body (laughs) it's just real hard yeah the the van thing like i I could never have been in a band because like first off i can't like be in be in the the vehicle other than like the front seats if i'm not like in one of those i'm fucking sick yeah to uh just out of it and also at the same time i'm the personality type who would never say I got to be in that front seat yeah. all times right. either. So, um, yeah, but yeah, the, just the, it's, it's being in a, a spot for hours at a time and just being crunched up and like, yeah, I'm sure like you, you, you know, you all grew like an inch during the pandemic. Right. Just yeah. Just like all sleeping of on, yeah, right. like on a regular My bed. Spine vertebrae decompressing yeah. and just like, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> Touring is just, uh, basically like look, constantly looking for places to sit down you just you get to a venue like where can we, where sit? Can we sit down like our whole legs hurt yeah what what's it what's the you know you mentioned though like at the same time there's that balance of like figuring out or maybe not necessarily figuring out but um there's prop for me at least whenever i'm doing just something mundane that's usually when i'm thinking and probably getting like my best ideas now in relation to to songwriting do you feel like there's something about just like staring out the window like and being kind of just in like a certain headspace that that's helped uh in the creative process or do you have to like be kind of at home sitting and just being in that space to 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 come up with something to to find a song or an idea of a for a song i feel like for me it's always been like mornings are better for that kind of stuff, which I yeah. think they're better for all people that dabble in, you know, kind of more creative yeah. stuff. It's just wake up, cup of coffee, and try to figure it out. But I also am realizing that, like, when we were on the road, I don't think I've ever written anything, like, while we, you know, meaning, like, yeah. I don't, I think I have to not I've had some be ideas and stuff write, like that. You know, I have yeah. to get the house to, like, start doing that and stuff. The travel time, too, I think, because it's once the vehicle stops, it's nonstop chaos. 
until you get back in the vehicle. So a lot of times, for me at least, getting back in the van was like reset period. It's like I need to maybe shut my brain off and like maybe not think, like just kind of let, let your mind wander. And like, you know, I'm not saying no ideas are coming in like that, but like it's just that's kind of like uh, like a a break. Like I don't have to do anything right now. Take like I don't, I'm not... I'm not carrying something. I'm not, like, making a set list. I'm not worrying about merch. I'm not, like, you know, you're... It's just I have nothing to do but point this van that way. So it's kind of like a... I sound like an old sailor or something like yeah. that. I just point me. Just point yeah, me where we're going. <laughs> Give me that open sea. Westward. <laughs> yeah. The, uh... <laughs> now, now, now you're going to make the... Uh, the sailor record like Sturgill. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we should. <laughs> but the front is just our van, but it looks like a pirate yeah. ship. It's got like a sail <laughs> on it. There's been a couple t- couple vans that could have used a sail that we had. Yeah, uh, to get us down when <laughs> the motor explodes. <laughs> yeah, when the when we ex- explode or maybe the we engine. Could get oars, like oars. Oh, there you go. We could all do like simultaneous. Yeah, Viking style. Oaring. I like that. Yeah. We've been to Norway. We know all about the yeah, Vikings. We know all about them. Yeah. Now. Went to the museum. Yeah. <laughs> you uh, you guys mentioned Moon Pies earlier. You guys are on that last record. Yeah, yeah. Well, what uh, obviously, um, I've talked with them about it, but like, what's 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 y'all's, I guess, side of the story, the version of the story of how you guys ended up, you know, being on the the I, record. And yeah, I think it stemmed from that tour. You yeah. know, we did that tour with them, and honestly, it was a long run, and it was so much fun. And I think that it was kind of like as soon as they were putting that out and they asked us to do it, it's kind of like picking up on the optimism of that tour. You know, it's like there's a year in between, but yeah. we kind of had talked about doing some of that stuff while we were all out, you know, having fun and saying, we should record together. We should do everything together. You know, and we've, <laughs> we've both kind of, our band started at the same time and we've, yeah. we've played yeah. with them like dozens of times before then, but it was just always kind of sporadic, maybe one, two shows, see them here, see them there. And we always got along probably better than any other band we've ever hung out with and you know not no knocks on any other bands we yeah. played with but that was just we kind of travel the same we kind of all have similar sense of humor and and uh i think yeah that tour was definitely kind of what set and we also have some of our our teams like kind of starting to mold together where we have some of the similar people that are working for us and and that we're working with so it kind of just all melded together right at the right time yeah it's kind of got a flag that's really getting yeah, after me right I'm now. I'm watching like, it. Just get at you. Get out of here. <laughs> also, I, um, I feel like they really nailed the song to ask us to play on them with because it's about burn being out. burnout. I was like, and honestly, I listened to the lyrics and I was like, God, Mike, this is so exactly yeah. like what is I, how we all collectively would I, talk about feeling. I believe on as the a kid say, we feel seen. Yeah, yeah, just out there and just <laughs> pounding it. But it's it's cool man it's a really cool song it's a gr- yeah great, great album, as soon man. as we heard it i was like oh this is this is incredible like he also has that song on the record they did before where it's uh that cheap silver it's the the track that's title titled track that. yeah. but anyways uh those lyrics too i listened to it yeah. and i'm just he's like you know when we were in on the joke it's like yeah we used to be all of us used to be in on the joke yeah. <laughs> and all this different stuff you know i love that man what i what i love so much about the moon pies on, on that cheap silver record is yeah. I can't remember what, exactly what song it is, what the title is, but it's the one where he's just kind of talking about traveling around a bunch. And yeah. there's that meta moment of him referencing recording, like, in London uh, on the record. Like, yeah. And he's singing about it on the record. Yeah. And I just find, like, that's, like, a a nice little meta moment for, yeah. for a band. Those guys, though, like, you know, as far as we're talking about records or EPs or songs, you know, they've they've sometimes like, you know, obviously the record, if a record is a record, uh, the theme behind a record, you know, th- that's what they've been doing. And they've been nailing it like the last few times as far For as sure. just like, oh, here is something really cool. And this one's eight songs. This one's nine songs. And yeah. this one's 12 songs or what, you know what I mean? Like, and not being tied down to like what the. You know, hitting a, a certain number on the track list or something For like sure. that. Yeah, what they're right. expected to do as far as that's all concerned, right? Yeah. Have you guys uh, done any other, like, 
writing or anything with them, or like have you, is, uh, we haven't there been gotten a chance to do that. We've we've definitely talked about it before with some yeah. of those guys. You know, it's definitely something we're gonna. Yeah, we'd love to try to do. Yeah, in the get future, into. We haven't we haven't yet. You know, as we're kind of. They're so we easy to work like with too. Coming back from all of this, and those dudes like just straight hit the ground running. Yeah, like they're they. We were out and we were complaining about having to do five in a row because it's really hard to sing, you know, five nights in a row. And I found out Mike and them had done like 13 in a <laughs> yeah, row. Yeah, I was like, like how, how is that even possible? Okay, but yeah, well, dude, they just hit the ground, just boom. That's running. something like that I've uh, come across a, a few times talking with people. Have you had to get like back in the rhythm of singing? Like, like yeah. because like that's obviously a, a muscle as well. The um, I wonder how many people you know, didn't go, went for a long time without singing and like, you know, uh, Oh, we have a couple shows this weekend and Holy shit. Um, I don't, my voice is not, is not at that, that level of strength, uh, of playing again. Was there any, has there been any of that? Or like, did you guys, were you oh. guys conscious of that throughout where you uh, kind of kept it in shape, if you will? It was, I, for me, I, I, played the first part of the pandemic i did a live stream every week and i would play for like an hour but that's not the same as singing with the full band and like you know really pushing singing over the full yeah exactly and then then i didn't do anything for forever when everything was just full shut down and then i slowly eased back into playing some like solo shows but like i said i mean that kind of got the muscles back going again but like it's there's nothing that compares to seeing with drums, bass, and two loud guitars, like it's just a whole different. And I, I, I think it was, it was pretty hard for me. I know, like, just jumping back into it and like me, like, uh, this one might not be there today. You know, like we might have to, might have to work up to that one. But like, right. I found that um, being on the road for like a, two months at a time was real hard. So that by the time when I came back, I was and we're kind of you know easing so to speak back into it or at least just not doing it like that i was like oh it turns out it's easier to sing when you haven't been touring montana in the middle of winter yeah and for a month or, or through, whatever you know like dusty southwest where yeah you're exactly inhaling changing dirt. altitudes every yeah. couple of days but i've you know it's funny that just like drinking water and yeah. just chilling like <laughs> definitely helps a lot <laughs> instead of screaming at an unsuspecting group of people every night yeah right ah! <laughs> like, what's this guy doing <laughs> So yeah. yeah, rest and all that stuff turns out can actually help your voice yeah. quite a bit. Drink a little I water. I did feel very well rested once yeah. we got back. I was like, I, my voice felt strong. I just had to rein in, like, the get the control back, the control at, that, back. at that volume. Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. Right. I know it's like at my house, I, you know, my apartment, I'm always, I'm really self-conscious of just being, you know, with the thin walls and everything, and they're just singing my ass off at the top of my, my uh, volume or whatever. So you think you've practiced, but you realize, oh, I've just been, like, singing really quietly in my house. That's yeah. not what I'm doing at all. <laughs> like, that's not practicing at all. You're like, oh, shit, I forgot we're pretty loud. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm just kidding. I didn't forget that. I just, <laughs> I just didn't, it didn't register. You just didn't think about it for a second. <laughs> yeah, that's, I don't know. Like, even this is something, maybe not necessarily apples and oranges, but if I don't do, like, a podcast, like, as far as, like, putting it in the, the, uh, I just use GarageBand and cut it. If I miss that for like a, a week and a half, I'm like, I don't know how to do this anymore. Right. Where are so, all the buttons? I mean, like, yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's the, the closest thing I can. If I went like a long time without using a keyboard, would yeah. I know how to type again? I don't yeah. know. So, I definitely uh, forgot a bunch more lyrics. It's like, yeah, what are yeah. the words to this one? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's shit. Definitely one I was like, yeah. I'm going to do the first verse can again we, here. Can we do this one tonight? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. <laughs> we'll find <laughs> out here pretty quick. Well, that's okay. That's interesting, right there, because obviously, you know when you are missing something in a show. Whenever you miss that lyric or you've fumbled over something, how like I'm sure you realize that like the audience almost never realizes it unless it's really, really bad or unless you acknowledge it. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. What do you do in those situations, though? Do you, do we you kind laugh. of just yeah, like we literally just laugh at we'll each other. Like, I mean, like, like oh gotten, my god, it's so funny. Like, we've gotten you know? good at like covering it. Where like I think a lot of times it does happen. No one notices, but we do. And we'll like somebody will cover somebody else's mistake, or somebody sure. will will pick pick up what happened. And like sonically, maybe no one hears it, but they they'll see us <laughs> start kind of chuckling at each other. Right? It's like you know, I mean, it happens. You yeah. know, like. It's yeah. probably gonna happen here. Unless in you're the a couple hours. unless you're the moon pies, and then yeah, you just then never you just make never a mistake. Yeah. 
Well, I, I think there's <laughs> there's this thing that happens on like the Monday nights up here on Songwriter Night where people think like they're lowering expectations of saying, "Hey, I just wrote this this afternoon," and you're gonna don't ever like, say that. Yeah, right. And, and my don't ever tell anybody like, when you wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's First not like all, setting up anything like right for for you. You're not lowering expectations. You're, or you are, but it's in this way of like, well, I can just ignore this thing. With recording, it's always like, this isn't mixed. Yeah, this right. Is just, this, this, isn't, a, this isn't a final. This mix isn't yet. a final yeah. mix. Like, it's like, well, yeah. that's good because yeah. the <laughs> sounds are weird, bro. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. don't let anybody hear it till it's ready. Yeah, no way. <laughs> that's the just there's something because everyone always asks, you know, how would it sound out there? And nobody wants to answer. I always answer. just kind of go. Oh yeah, it was great. But I like, you know, it, it, there's. If you're looking for like me to, to give you the the grade, I don't have it in front of me. Like, to, yeah, like right. the well, jam in song three was a little like, loose. But yeah. you know, yeah. what, what are you gonna do? You know. <laughs> but you know, it's it's. I guess it's just one of those things. But, um, yeah. You guys want to go get a beer or something? Yeah, they, t- sure. they turned the daiquiri machines on, and I'm so, I was so distracted. Oh, I also go. stuck my hand in some gum, so. Oh, did you put it gum. underneath here? No, I think or? it was on top, but like, oh. I, I mean, it's a bar. There's gunk. Just, ta- just taste. Might be a little bit of daiquiri. All right, that is it for this one. Giant thanks to Sam and David for taking some time. Be sure to check out our presenting partners over at Desert Door, The Blue Light Live, and Charlie Stout Photography. Go check out the merch store, pre-order the Lubbock Way, subscribe to New Slang if you aren't just yet, and yeah, I'll see y'all later in the week for another episode.